Fit Podcast. Yep. It's been a little bit. Yep, but it's worth it. We have a very yeah. special guest today. We have uh, the prestigious <laughs> Dr. Catherine Pallister here in the studio. So excited to yeah. be here. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Sure. Yeah, I am lucky to be able to teach at Red Deer Polytechnic. I do teach a film history class, which is why I'm here. But I also teach lots of classes in mass media, (laughs) popular culture, Canadian mass media, all kinds of things. I've been here for 30 wonderful years. Awesome. And yeah, I'm a lifer here at the Polytechnic. And just anytime students do anything, it's Mm. amazing and cool. I'm so impressed with everything you guys do. (laughs) So yeah, super glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we've had Kathy for film history and yeah. now uh, history of horror class. And both great classes, yeah, both some really, of my favorite. Really There's a good it. shout out. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate really it. loving the horror class so far. Yeah. Going over Canadian horror right now. <laughs> Personal passion of mine. It's great stuff. Great content. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are in a studio. This is our first time in a booked room. It's booked a glass space. studio, so it it's is. like a fishbowl, actually. Oh, somebody just walked by and looked it at us, too. Yeah, so. SNL, how they film with the, bit. the glass yeah. there. Yeah. And the audience is all out there. Yeah. It was kind of accidental. I just booked like, the first room that I saw. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was yeah. so open, but... It's a yeah. little intimidating. It feels very it makes it worse. Well, I have my back to the glass, so yeah, I'm in a better yeah, position be than you guys you probably. Yeah, I won't be as distracted maybe. Yeah, so. that's yeah. good. We'll probably have all of our fans coming up. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a probably. I, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. It might be a do you model. have like names for your fans of the podcast? Like, um, like Swifties. We, we call them like the, crit- the critters. The critters. Yeah. yeah. The critters. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. Yeah, because we kind of derived our name from the Criterion critter. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> clever stuff <laughs> yeah not so much but yeah it's great and so we're here to talk a little bit about uh, nanook of the north yeah um 1922 documentary yeah we usually have our guests intro the film and you're the expert here so yeah you give well a- i don't know about that <laughs> i i do know a little bit about the film have seen it a number of times yeah. studied it at different times of my life too mm-hmm. so yeah it's um it's a really complicated film. Oh, yeah. And even yes. to use the word yeah. documentary, as I'm sure yeah. we'll get into today, yeah. there's some interesting perspectives on that. So the film depicts life in the Canadian mm. North. As you said, it was, uh, I think it was filmed a little earlier, but released in mm. 1922. Yeah. So yeah. during the silent era of film. And it sort of goes season by season and depicts what life is like for a family. And I have air quotes around family, of (laughs) course. We'll get to that. Um, A family in the Canadian North. So Nanook is our title character. He's the hunter. Nanook means polar bear, I believe. And so he is a very strong hunter character. And then we also have Nanook's, again, air quotes, wives, (laughs) (laughs) Nyla and Kunayu, and then his children as well. And then there's also lots of dogs. So I'm a cat person, but even I admit the dogs are really cute. Dogs are adorable. Until they're a little scary. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, the puppies are cute. The big big huskies, of course, that you might find in the Canadian North uh, doing Adida rods and whatnot are a little scary. So (laughs) So, yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of a day in the life in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. that sort of seasonal look at the things they would do, slice Mm -hmm. of life, exactly. Uh, living in the isolated, really difficult uh, environmental conditions of the Canadian North in the early 1920s. And so they are depicted, for example, one of the most famous scenes mm. I know you guys have seen is yeah. the igloo scene. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that's a really interesting one. There's also scenes with them going to the trading post mm. and encountering settlers, white people for the... Looks like the, yeah, not the yeah. first time, but, Seemingly you know, sort of it's, uh, again, as we'll talk about, I'm sure yeah. it's a little bit artificial the way they're encountering, um, you know, settler culture in, in a lot of the scenes. Mm. And, yeah, there's hunting scenes. There's these sort of daily life scenes and just sort of um, looking yep. at what their lives would have been like yeah. in the 1920s. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the film says, 
Um, it's a really interesting one. It's the one the first documentary features, right? Right, well, and I think like even to call it a documentary, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting because yeah, it's it's often labeled mm-hmm. one of the first documentary mm-hmm. feature films. So there would have been shorter like the documentary film yeah. tradition was around since the very early days. So oh, yeah. early films, they would just as we do yeah. tape our friends yeah, doing train, things yeah, or, or video. You know, we'd get our phone out. Yeah. So that would have been they were called the actualities. They were in in French, mm-hmm. but also in other uh, national cinemas. And so just filming mm-hmm. regular people doing yeah. regular things, just yeah. to show the magic of film, basically. Yeah, yeah. How cool this new technology is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then it kind of, uh, w- people were more interested in stories a lot of mm-hmm. times, the mm-hmm. narratives. So moved into a lot more of the, the shorter narratives, uh, telling a story of some sort, maybe based on a real story, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, and then the evolution, you know, in the 19 teens, if you will, mm-hmm. 1910, 1915 to the full length feature film. Yeah. And so this is relatively soon after really even the full length film yeah. evolution. Uh, and this is as a documentary, the the yeah. actual documentary field didn't exist. So it's mm. like trying to invent something that didn't exist yeah. and, and yeah. even not even sure what you're inventing at the time. Exactly, so yeah. There's, um, I think I'll give it away here, there's yeah. lots of stage scenes in yeah. it, right? Yes. So yeah. that's one of the controversies is so many scenes in the mm. film were staged yeah. that Flaherty had Nanook and his family uh, fake, yeah. basically, yeah. 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 what Nanook was going on. So It's not even his real name. It yeah, is exactly. not. So you it's have his uh, name now. Can you pronounce it better than I can? <laughs> try my best. Wrote it down. Alak R. Elak? I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's a You're tough one. Doing some practicing before you got here. <laughs> yeah. I practice some it always names. in class before I teach it in class and mm. then I never quite get it right. So, yeah. Yeah. so the pronunciation isn't exactly phonetic either. So so yeah, so and Nanook is in that way a character, yeah. right? Yes. Um, you know, he and a brave his family. Hero who yeah, this is the waste, you know. Yeah. Do I give away the secret about the family now? Yeah, I think so. Okay, we might as well. So it's not his family. No. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, they were probably women that Flaherty was in a relationship. Yes, that's what, what you know, saw. you never know yeah. quite what to believe, right? Mm, Sometimes yeah. I've read one thing and then another, but yeah. um, Flaherty was most likely in a relationship with one or both of these women. Mm. Um, yeah, his wife is I, a big proponent of his work, interestingly yeah, enough. So if you, if you watch that. She the, even edited this film, <laughs> yeah. right? She did. And yeah. she, um, she speaks on, um, if you look at some of the DVD extras, she okay. speaks on that as well and talks about That'd the film. That'd be really so, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, so that would be his, mm, you know, southern yeah. wife. I heard a rumor. I don't know how substantiated this is that Flaherty actually had like an affair with one of the Inuit women of the tribe. That maybe one yeah. or both of the women and that were on in the film as as yeah. Nanook's wife. Nanook's a single guy <laughs> playing yeah. a father, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it's a pretty substantiated. You just never know quite what the truth is, but it seems pretty substantiated yeah. that he was probably with uh, Nyla and possibly with both of them at okay. the time. And I don't know how true this part is, but he allegedly abandoned them to raise their child. Yeah, that's why I said I'm not yeah. sure if the kids are his kids that you see mm. or these are kids that they already had. Yeah. But yeah, he, he left them up north and went back yeah. down to his southern wife who, um, Which, as you say, was very involved with his career as well in a, in a different sort of way. So. Yes, definitely interesting. Because like, I think this film is doing a lot of good, even in its constructed nature, right? It's, it's, it's cool to see the culture documented in the most faithful way we'd ever see it, I think, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, tr- to try to silver lining it in yeah, some ways, yeah. because it is, I said it's a complicated movie, right? Yeah, and I do think, you know, we wouldn't have these these visuals mm. of a way of life yeah, that really was disappearing. Yeah. Very much, yeah. yeah. So he a lot of what he had Nanook sort of recreate would have been maybe what Nanook's father or yeah. you know, 10 yeah. or 15 mm. years ago that's, would have done. Yeah, that's yeah. what it really felt like to me as mm-hmm. well, where it's like this first interaction with, you know, yeah. a, tra- a trade oh, person. Yeah, that seems pretty rough. Yeah, too. it's like, 
clearly they had had an established relationship. Like even yeah. in the movie, you see all the like furs and stuff behind yeah. them. Yeah. Like, it's know. it's yeah. kind of like this romanticized version of what totally. he wants him to be. Like kind of like the noble savage archetype. A stereotype, I should say, and like they get othered quite a bit, mm-hmm. which oh, is very much so. Yeah, yes. very <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but for the 1920s, I think it's it's doing a lot better than anything else at that time. At least there's representation. Yeah, I, yeah So exactly. I teach a lot of classes in pop culture, and and absence of representation, if you don't ever see yourself, yeah. uh, is really challenging for people, mm-hmm. right? You want to see some representation. Now then the question becomes if it's biased representation, yeah. false representation, yeah. is that you know better than no representation? Some people yeah. say yes, some people say no. Um, I mean, I'm a not indigenous person, so mm-hmm. I, I might have a different perspective. Yeah. I mentioned I also encountered this film years and years ago and yeah. learned about it. and I knew about it before grad school. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then I actually saw the full film in grad school when I was at UFC mm-hmm. writing on a related topic. And yeah. I really liked it, and it was problematic, though, too. Very like you, you can't yeah. help but see that. And then 30 years later, or maybe 10 years, 20 years later, when I started teaching the film class, I, I saw it through even fresher set of yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. Seeing it through students' eyes, for one thing, obviously. Yeah. And then just even through my own eyes that had grown mm-hmm. older, basically. Yeah. yeah. There's, I think the roughest, one of the rougher scenes is, like, where he's trying to take a bite out of the yeah. gramophone. Or yeah, the, like the, a the record, record, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which is really ridiculous, especially yeah. when you know the in real life they were very well acquainted with a lot of technology yeah, yeah. I read a fact that they uh, helped out on the film crew a lot for the filming of the film they yeah. did yeah. <laughs> they were more acquainted with the cameras than Flaherty <laughs> himself yeah. which I, is... I read that Flaherty had only taken like a three week yeah. like, film course before coming up which is to film this so ironic so rich um well, yeah. but again there's the good and the bad so he did an anthropological especially mm-hmm. with the second version of the film as you mm-hmm. referenced um he had them look at at the dailies quote unquote yeah. at night yeah. he'd have them look at them give feedback so he was making a film about them but he was also to an extent making a film with them yeah, yeah. now he still it doesn't come across <laughs> that way all the time right yeah. um and he might have pitched uh, you know kind of pitched it more as i'm mm-hmm. trying to make a film that honors your way of life before it disappears that's sort of the yeah. line that's often used um, but that's that's different than some documentary filmmakers so it's it's you know kind of try to figure out where that line mm. is for him but also for other mm-hmm. documentarians and, and i'd say most of the film in my opinion comes across as coming from a place of like admiration and respect because you see such harsh conditions it's such a a brutal frontier yeah and to see how they survive it feels like coming from a place of respect even though how it's translated often does not land that way especially 100 years later yeah yeah absolutely to give Flaherty any credit I think um I think he did really admire the I do too. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm coming at this from a different perspective yeah. than an indigenous person would, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the line I also use is just because you didn't mean to do something yeah. doesn't yeah. mean there's not consequences. So I used yeah. to Best tell my kid, um, just because I didn't mean to back over your bike in the driveway doesn't mean that <laughs> yeah. you no longer, you know, that you have yeah. a bike now, yeah, right? Exactly. So I, I think there's that too. I, I do think he was well intentioned. Mm. I think in the time period, in his understanding of everything in life, he he thought the Canadian North was a really amazing place, yeah. and he thought mm-hmm. the people in the Canadian North were really yeah, amazing. Did he really represent that in this film no, appropriately? No. 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 Yeah. There's some representation, but again, mm-hmm. it's really problematic. I think it could be really difficult yeah. for a lot of people to watch because of the stereotypes oh, yeah, sure. and, and things that he sure. represents. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, a lot of the film kind of like infantilizes the uh, Inuit people and like simplifies them down Absolutely. quite a bit, yeah. which yeah. is pretty, pretty gross. Pretty, yeah. Pretty sad to see. 
absolutely and i mean even in the movie like you see like the whole kind of narrative arc is like it's starving or like feast right it's all famine or feast yeah there's never really an in-between like kind of regular daily mm-hmm. life or, you know yeah. from what i would guess yeah yeah, yeah so there's those moments of joy but yeah. there's also the harshness right and yeah. so i think that's the juxtapositioning that he was going for yeah mm-hmm. to good effect for sure oh, absolutely yeah. yeah so i always heard again don't know 100 percent if this is true but i always heard that um Nanook had died of starvation, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you find out later that maybe Flaherty sort of spread that rumor yeah. to romanticize his film and he actually died of TB, tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. So, and didn't die you know, out hunting. Nanook the Great Hunter yeah. didn't die out in the middle of nowhere. He died at home. Yeah. So even that, More like the mythology around death. the character, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it's really interesting to see at, like, the way its value against its uh, constructed nature. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. It's... it's fascinating it's a time capsule nonetheless yeah that's it that's a good it is a time capsule if we keep it in its time maybe that's a good way to to understand it yeah yeah Yeah. i think it's hard to like watch it without thinking like oh this is 1922 i can give it a little slack you know like yeah or at least for me um Mm -hmm. looking at it like that i watched a movie not recently but a couple years ago called the shadow of the wolf Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's also about um inuit culture and inuit people played by entirely non-Inuit actors. Is that the one with Toshiro? Yeah, with Toshiro Machine. Yeah. yeah, and he plays an Inuit guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's from, like, the 90s, and uh, yeah. takes a very simplified, like, I would say, more harmful, uh, reductive look at Inuit mm. people than even, you know, this movie does. Yeah. Which is, you know, not to say that this movie's great no. either. But <laughs> but it, the it, bar is low, Yeah, exactly. Right? The yeah. bar is low for uh, indigenous representation. And yeah. It, as an indigenous person, it's, it is good to, you know, see mm. some representation at least i think yeah for sure it's hard I, i'm not an inuit person but yeah yeah uh, yeah that's definitely true and i think another technical aspect of this movie that's to be appreciated is kind of like the the technical aspect right this is flaherty's like first time filmmaker yeah mm-hmm. and just the the shots that are achieved are so gorgeous like yep. to just capture that environment in full is is really lovely and the hunts and stuff it's it's really great stuff really effective storytelling yeah, the visuals are, you know, even pretty early in the whole film industry's, uh, yeah. you know, evolution. The visuals are pretty amazing. And I mean, yeah. it's beautiful full stop. Yeah. The landscape yeah. is. And so maybe it's easy to make it look as beautiful as he does. But he, he does capture mm. it, I think, quite quite yeah. nicely a lot of times. Right? I, I would even say the editing is quite strong, like mm-hmm. for, you know, a 1922 movie. I'm quite engaged throughout the whole thing. The version I watched didn't have any music or anything. Oh, wow. um, And... He uses a lot of like insert shots where it's like we'll see the wide of them cutting up the or putting the stuff on the canoe and then mm. we'll insert to that and I'm like oh that's interesting I don't yeah, normally see that in a movie it's quite it's, informational regardless. yeah even if in the way it's showing it it's fake and constructed it's still like translating an interesting culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and interesting things like igloo construction right <laughs> um, uh, what they eat how they survive out there it's it's pretty engrossing stuff. Yeah, a couple things uh, in terms of he does what we I call a portrait shot. Maybe you guys mm-hmm. have a better film yeah. term for it, but it he look, makes his participants, characters, whatever, almost like he's taking a picture of them, yeah, like yeah. a still the image beginning. of them. Where it, like the first shot of Nanook is really mm-hmm. beautiful, Naya yeah. really beautiful yeah. with the baby and stuff. So he's able to capture their uh, humanity, I think, very yeah. nicely alongside of those big landscapes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny too. Like right after all these like wonderful yeah portraits of them. They immediately cut to them getting out of the canoe. Yeah, like a, the yeah. clown car. Yeah, yeah. The clown car bit. <laughs> so you go from like really humanizing these people to kind of making a joke out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Characters then, right? But I think Nanu, for the most part, is like a pretty engaging protagonist too. Just oh, very likable yeah, for sure. Very likable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
he does some great physical comedy in this as well <laughs> yeah. when he's trying to catch the uh, seal i think oh yeah, yeah. the ice fishing hole yeah. it's just it's it's hilarious it's great yeah. and that's a part that also feels very like over the top <laughs> and like Nanuki knew what yeah. he was doing, right? Yeah. He was, he was, when, into and there that. was, uh, there's a couple of those scenes, but there's one scene where they were, f- they, the animal is not dead yet, and they were trying to get the mm-hmm. shot, and the, they're standing there. They have this, I'm an animal lover, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a gun, and they were like, well, we would use the gun now to put it out of its misery yeah, yeah. because we use guns now. We don't yeah. just, yeah, do. Um, and Flaherty, like, kind of made the shot go on and on, mm-hmm. like, almost torturing the animal yeah. might be being a little bit strong because I, you know, but they, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the people that were there were uncomfortable mm-hmm. with what he was doing. Like the, again, the falsification mm-hmm. of what was mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. yeah. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But very impressive film, but problematic. It's a, can't talk the one without the other. And, and I think it can be both. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, again, I say again, as a non-Indigenous person, I would mm-hmm. have maybe a different read. I would totally yeah. understand yeah. somebody having a very, very different yeah. read, a very, yes. you know, a very harsh read of this. I think that's very understandable. Not just because of this film in and of itself, but because of the legacy that it, mm-hmm. it starts yeah. and contributes to as well. And potentially, like, the impacts that uh, Flaherty had on those people, too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like the direct impact on yeah. his, quote-unquote, yeah. wives up there in the community, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's too bad that I think a lot of that is just lost, right? You, yeah. You don't know all the these deeper. History. Yeah. It's lost in the constructed histories of everything. Yeah. It's, it's too muddied. Yeah. What is real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very interesting movie. I it is. The best yeah. Way it's, to put um, it. As I said, it may not be for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't necessarily label it with a trigger warning necessarily, but I think people should know what they get into when they're watching it. And yeah. some people might be better off watching a scene or two versus the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That might be a little more comfortable for them. And I think it's yeah. good that you know we've become more critical of movies like this too. We're not Absolutely. just taking it at face value. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's uh, you guys know that my approach is not to not watch something because mm-hmm. it's problematic, but to watch it and talk about why it's problematic. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm in education because I think people can change. Yeah, yeah I think we can all learn and be better and do better, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's part of looking at a film like this to say, yeah, we can mm-hmm. honor the fact that uh, he probably did have some pretty positive feelings yeah. about the, the community that he was portraying. He probably did try to, you know, mm-hmm. capture it and sort of, um, you know, yeah. give it a legacy that it might not yeah. otherwise have had. But then there's all the other stuff, the faking, right? <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, that's a bigger Staging. question for documentary film in general, but <laughs> and his treatment of, of the people mm-hmm. that he was working with. Again, and in some ways honoring them through asking their opinions, but in other ways, you know, sort of yeah. violating them. So, yeah. yeah. Using Both them. can be true, for sure. <laughs> People are complicated. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But, you know, I think we can learn so much, as you said, from the mistakes. For sure. From the, like, best intentions, worst results kind of thing. You know, so much to be learned. Absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and gleamed. We should not shy, well, necessarily shy away from them, but, like, it shouldn't be suppressed, I feel like, a film like this. It should definitely be a historical yeah, record, right? Yeah, and it's, it's earned its place. Yeah. In the, yeah, viewed within context, of course. I think context yeah. is absolutely necessary. Yeah, like if, like this. you know, if I'm going to tell somebody like what the <laughs> Inuit experience is like, I'm not going to throw this movie on exactly, right away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Instead, it's kind of more of a, a look at documentaries, right? Mm-hmm. And how they can be constructed or narratives. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, documentaries and everybody, I would say, the documentaries are always subjective in some way. Absolutely. You, like, yeah. you always give the example that uh, even just pointing your camera at something, you've selected to look at yeah. something yeah. and look away from yeah, something that's else. Yeah, way of putting it. So something just as simple as that is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the line? Well, falsifying stuff. But what if you don't have footage of that, right? I mean, yeah. do you need to label it docudrama? Well, we don't 
he didn't know how to do that in 22. No. We might see it today where somebody's doing a documentary and it's worthwhile to reenact something mm -hmm. and clearly label it as such. Yeah. Um, but we didn't have the film language to understand yeah. that. And he didn't certainly have the film language to understand that in mm -hmm. 20. So again, I'm not letting him off the hook, no, but I am saying, yeah. so to speak, but um, yeah. I am saying that, you know, he was, you know, working at something while he was part of inventing mm -hmm. it at the yeah. same time too. Accidentally so inventing mistakes a whole yeah. definitely are, are abounding. Um, I love the way you put that about how like documentaries are subjective by like choosing what you frame. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of this really famous photo. It was this child after an earthquake, right? Who had been emaciated and injured and yeah. won all these awards, right? And then another photo came out a few years later of just pulling the frame back. And it was all these uh, journalists just gathered around the child taking the photos. Yeah. Just like the truer story, the wider context yeah. often it's not yeah, so photojournalism, different medium, but some of the yeah. same results yeah. there, right? That's a really good yeah. point, really good connection there. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, have you seen any of uh, Flaherty's other work? I, it's been a long time. I was yeah. trying to watch them before I came here, but then I got stuck on some other stuff. Uh, Moana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you guys watched that one yet? No, not, not, not yet. Just the 2014 version. Yeah. <laughs> the, the remake. A little yeah. different, but, you know, same. No, I think it's not quite the same. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that also just shows his fascination yeah. with the other, but also how he treats the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so those are, so those are the two. And cause I was, I was very interested in, um, you know, sort of what I call inside out representation mm -hmm. of indigenous people when I was, um, writing my thesis because I wanted to know people who had that input right mm -hmm. um, and so I started with this as sort of the yeah. an example of what might be that inside out um, yeah. even though it really was more outside in if that makes sense like the yeah. producer director sort of creating yeah. as opposed yeah. to the people who are being mm -hmm. documented yeah. kind of Making telling what to do um, so I kind of had that as almost a starting point yeah. if you will um, yeah yeah, definitely gotta check that out. He has this other one called "The Man of Iran," which is oh, about, I've heard of it but haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. about the Irish uh, cultures mm -hmm. um, on the islands of Iran, and that one sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. I love the, yeah. that culture. I'd be very interested to check out more of his work and see yeah. like how it evolves yeah. and like this it, movie. It feels like it's you know it's so much like about Nanook, like mm -hmm. and just his relationship with yeah um, you know filmmaking and that. So I'd be yeah, I'm curious to see once he gets or figures out what it is to make a film a little bit more, you know, yeah. having if, made one If now. the other ones are as constructed yeah. as much of a narrative. Yeah. You know? So do you guys think as filmmakers, do you think sometimes somebody's first work can be their best work? Yeah. Sometimes you like, who's the one who did Donnie Darko, right? Yeah. Has he made anything good since then? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, often, yeah, there's uh, the one hit wonders who just come out and just right off the bat, it just hits at the right time right place yeah. and yeah. they are kind of just following that up their whole career yeah or um, with a lot of those kind of filmmakers too where they get that like massive ego boost and they're like oh this is yeah, the movie i exactly. make now right like um uh i can't think the sixth sense guy. yeah and my channel where his first movie maybe wasn't the twist movie but yeah uh, after the sixth sense right everything yeah. was everything yeah. had to be a twist he had to live up to yeah that, he had to live up uh, to that, his own name yeah, his exactly. Brand yeah almost, exactly right? yeah. Yeah. it's interesting yeah. that it is real interesting as a filmmaker you can become locked into just yourself yeah, yeah. Even like Christopher Nolan, who I still think, mm -hmm. I think he still makes good films, kind of just gets locked into that like style of his, right? Or even Wes Anderson, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's yeah. really locked into his own visual style and quirky characters. Yeah, know, and it can be, I'm not the biggest Wes Anderson fan. I can find it a little. I am. <laughs> I love Wes Anderson too. <laughs> I loved Asteroid City, but I, I just find it a little too much sometimes, how deep he goes on his own style. I don't know. I'd like to see him make a 
That's what I'm saying. So that's the other thing, right? Yeah. As a director, like, do you just stay in your lane that you love? Or yeah. Because yeah. some directors do an amazing job of that, and they, they keep mm-hmm. doing it. It might be the same stuff, but they do you know, fresh looks at the same yeah. And other directors can just make, you know, they'll make a Western, then a horror yeah. movie, yeah. then a comedy. And oh, that, yeah. that shows a different sort of, uh, you know, expertise mm. and genius, I think, Absolutely. in some ways. Yeah. yeah, both are valid for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. we even look at Orson Welles. I know oh, someone yeah. we've becoming, yeah, it's, uh, yeah we're it's film Orson students Wells. getting into, <laughs> yeah. but uh, with F or Fake, that documentary oh, is just, oh, I mean, man. maybe the most like mind-blowing documentary I've ever seen. That he doesn't amazing. pretend that it's not subjective at all yeah right? he He's, fully leans into that yeah and I, I love that and I wasn't expecting that from him you know? yeah some of my favorite filmmakers working today are the ones who will eat, um, blur the line between fiction and reality yeah. yeah if you've heard love of the it. Canadian filmmaker uh, Matt Johnson yep. yeah he's really fantastic um, I love Blackberry, even though it's a lot less that style, but his early works like uh, The Furies and Operation Avalanche, they blend that line so well and it's just so compelling and like drawing a distinction to it right and what these things mean, right, in larger contexts, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Have you guys seen Radiant City? I've not. It's a documentary. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember who I'm, the names don't come. It's okay. It's just called no. Radiant City. Okay. I, I think the guy was on CBC, so that's mm-hmm. why I think I should know his name. Um, I won't tell you about <laughs> it. How, do the critters, like, do they like spoilers? or? Oh, we, we spoil most of You spoil yeah. everything? Okay. <laughs> well, Radiant City was uh, is was a documentary. I can't remember the date. I want to say, like, 2006, six five somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's about Calgary, as it was really going oh, through a lot okay. of um, growth. And so it's set in Calgary and set in a mm-hmm. suburb in Calgary. And it is... Um, yeah, I'll ruin it. So it starts out as a documentary, and then you find that it's totally fake, right? Oh, wow. Like, it's totally actors yeah, and everything like that. So it's just playing with that oh, genre as well. So um, that, that at what point is this clearly fake? Because they're mm. just, you know, they're talking to a camera, so people get a little bit uncomfortable and awkward on yeah. camera anyway. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, they're acting awkward on camera. Oh, they're that's, not. That's crazy. That so it's really worth a watch. Fantastic. I love it because it's about, you know, urban sprawl and things like that. Yeah. It's a pretty mm-hmm. interesting, you know, social messages mm-hmm. in addition to this kind of. Yeah, I won't say form. experimental, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of playing with I, the form yeah, as definitely well. Definitely gonna watch yeah. that. Me and um Sam lately have been really ganging into Nathan Fielder, another okay. great yeah. Canadian yeah. artist, <laughs> and he always blurs that line between real and fake, and uh, he talks about a lot of contemporary issues in his new show, The Curse, of like white guilt and gentrification. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Yeah, highly would recommend that show. So uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> so uncomfortable. It like perfectly emulates the documentary kind of like HDTV yep. kind of style. Yep. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a style. It's a, yeah. a construction. Yeah. It's so many things, right? It's so uh, interesting. Yeah. And I love it when documentarians, like, you, they really push the documentary mm-hmm. look when they mm-hmm. don't need to. Like, like if it's a oh, handheld yeah. camera. Well, nobody Going really needs a handheld yeah, camera exactly. anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you've got an iPhone in a parking lot or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, so they make it look like it's real, yeah. you know, yeah, spontaneous There's or something. less gritty. to be found in the cutting edge quality and more to be yeah. found in, like, that grain and that shape. Yeah. That yeah. adds uh, when you're some like, form to it. When you watch a Matt Johnson movie or something, like how could they have faked that? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, There's this it just long has to be real where they like yeah. cut uh, footage of Matt Johnson and this other actor over footage of Stanley Kubrick, and it's like going over the moon landing being fake. It's oh, okay. so yeah. interesting, <laughs> so impressive. Yeah, really great stuff. Yeah, that's really creative too, right? Yeah. And so that, it is. I mean, going back to Flaherty, he was part of inventing the genre, and right. now yeah. all these other filmmakers are pushing it and exploring. And mm. I think that's the cool thing that he yeah. you know set us on a. On this path. On a path that, <laughs> yeah. that people are meandering along and yeah. meandering off of a lot of times or, and yeah. finding ways to blend. Because, I mean, it's it's 
the label of this film is a documentary, but it, as we know, it's really not. It is, yeah, it, no. Part of it was a story that he was mm-hmm. telling, and part of it was a documentary. Yeah. And then we, we criticize him for it being a story, but because it's not a documentary. So it kind of is like, yeah. does a documentary really have to be yeah. that idea of real people doing the things uh, that we're really yeah. doing? If this movie wasn't labeled as a documentary, do you feel it would be still as problematic? And I, as... I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean... think we might look at it in a different way. Like, I mm. think the sort of ethical issues that we mm. sort of launch at this film are, they're not just about the falsification of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, reference. Michael Moore. I like Michael Moore's work, but he yeah. also, like I said, there's some subjectivity there too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, it's no different in that way unless you're doing violence to people in their culture, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gets, that there is, rough. I think, a really, uh, you know, a much more egregious sort mm. of um, ethical violation in that yeah. way, as opposed to just sort of playing along with a line of, of truth and fiction, if you will. Yeah. It's a fascinating topic, nonetheless. It's just so interesting how the first documentary ever that cemented the form wasn't even a documentary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. wasn't really intended to be one either, yeah. right? He tells wanted you, to just make a narrative. Yeah. 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 tells you so much about how art develops. and It does, yeah. 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 Yeah, we usually uh, rate the movies after okay. we finish them. Okay. Yeah, uh, out of ten. Yeah. So I, I gave this one a seven out of ten. Me as well. Yeah, yeah. doesn't mean much, but <laughs> yeah. I I give it a seven out of ten as well. Like yeah. I think there's yeah, I think there's so much to learn from it. So yeah. seven out of ten for me isn't it that it's a great movie, but mm, just no. has a really great place in yeah. film history and film undeniably important. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and some strike. But we can't give it well. any more than a seven. I no, think, I, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you gotta realize the impact. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta watch the record scene and see. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, exactly. like, uh, it's it's no good. And Flaherty maybe killed a nuke. Maybe. Who's to say? <laughs> That's a darker take yeah. than I've heard. But you just started a new rumor there. You got to make the documentary about yeah. that. Yeah, your, your faux documentary. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen Antonarjoa, the Fast Runner? No, I'm not. Okay, then you need to put down the mics and recording yeah. right now and go watch it. So that is Zacharias Kunuk. Okay. So okay. I can't remember the year again. I want to say like 2001 ish, mm-hmm. and so it's set in around the year 1000. Um, but okay. it's the Canadian North Inuit. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So uh, as always, content warning for your critters out there. Yeah. Google before you watch. <laughs> yes. Uh, but if you want a n- different version, so it's sort of about mm. mythology and things okay. like that. But it's a, a very different representation. Yeah. I think. And really that's more that inside out that I was talking about because yeah. yeah. himself is Inuk and his lead actor is as well. Mm. And so, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch yeah. for sure. For you and the creators too. Yeah. Yeah, right up my alley because this film definitely made me, uh, Nanuka the North made me interested in that culture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how they operate. So to actually see a perspective from one of them. Yeah, is, so it's much later, but it yeah. does sort of see where the genre could. So that's a fictional. I shouldn't say. Yeah, so okay. I, yeah. To clarify, that is a fictional representation. <laughs> but if you're going to tell a story, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is a good story for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Have to check that out. Um, we usually end our cast with uh, the guest recommending a movie just to the critters. It can be anything. Well, I guess I just did yeah. that, didn't yeah, I? With perfect. Anton really Arshua, Fast Runner. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you knew the form. And it's great. Radiant City, too. And yeah. Radiant City, yeah. Two, yeah. two really fun ones, yeah, for yeah. sure. guys. Got some good movies to watch out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great yeah. fun, unless you have anything Well, thank you guys so say. much. It was super yeah, fun to yeah, awesome. be here and talk about something that I enjoy talking about and hearing your it thoughts was, as well. It was well, great to so. have you on. I mean, felt good to have like, uh, someone who you know has education and training <laughs> in their field, because before yeah. we just had our friends. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much random guys. Well, so, uh, sometimes people do a better job you know, early on yeah. in their careers than later, so I will leave that up to your critters to decide. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we'll people you. Uh, you know, early on in their careers can, can figure things out in a really interesting yeah. sort of yeah. way. So. Well, I can say we're certainly getting better <laughs> at the I critter hope so. <laughs> 
know. I think that, I hope so. that things are getting slightly better. episodes are rough. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear the rest of your episodes, too. Yeah. I'm one of those Indeed. podcast guests who's never heard the podcast. So Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. Um, we're going to have to go to, what is it, 2,000 movies now? <laughs> Around there? Yeah, there's a lot. A so lot we're going to be doing this till the day we die. Okay, well, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, that's, great. Well, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much thank for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.